Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not that being dilly. Don't go wrong with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you get your podcasts. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. I am just uh, here to do the intro today, and uh, really excited. Today, we had a great interview with an entrepreneur, fitness expert, uh, and just overall pretty cool guy named Justin Arnold. He wrote a book called Purpose Through Pain that he was uh, very gracious enough to send us uh, a copy of. And it's been an awesome read. I'm enjoying it so far. And I really think you guys are going to enjoy the interview. Before we get started with just a couple of house cleaning things, first and foremost, this uh, episode is brought to you by Neil Getzlow and his book, Unmasked, Conquering Sexual Sin and Walking in Victory. Uh, if you guys have been listening to us for any extended period of time, you know we're really big fans of Neil and his book. We've had him on the show. We actually just did an episode with him and his wife that's going to be airing in February. And his story is just so incredible, so inspirational. Uh, Producer Melanie and I got a chance to interview him and just... Man, we had chills the whole time when he talked about his addiction problems, both to pornography and to prostitution, getting blackmailed by a prostitute, dealing with uh, his own issues, dealing with his marriage issues, and really him and his wife just embracing a better way for each other and just making their marriage work and making themselves better. And as a special thank you to all of our listeners, if you guys go to his website, Neil Getzlow, that's G-E-T-Z-L-O-W.com, you can get a copy of his book, Unmasked. And if you enter the code free ship, not only will he be making a charity donation for every single book sold, but also you get free shipping. And that's a special thank you from us for his, uh, supporting the show and for you guys supporting him you can also go to our website themisfitfaction.com there you'll not only find a link to his website and to his book but also a full review of his book written by yours truly in the misfit corner so that's themisfitfaction.com or neilgetzlow.com also some super exciting news the multiverse fancast and mf uncensored have both been picked for Podbean's affiliate program. Now, what does that mean? If you guys are looking to start your own podcast, you, maybe you've been inspired by listening to us, maybe it's something you've always wanted to do, you can actually use our affiliate code to get a free month of Podbean podcast subscription. If you go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction, that's podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you can get a free month of podcasting and let us know. We are always looking for new shows to add to the network. So if you guys are interested in starting your own show, reach out to us or use our affiliate code to get a, a free month off. Now, if you're also looking to advertise your own product or service, maybe you have an online business, maybe you have a local business, you can also use our affiliate code for sponsorship. For the first uh, 10 people that use it, you get 10% off, and or excuse me, you get $100 of free advertising uh, when you first sign up, and that's sponsorship.com excuse me, that's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfitfaction. One more time, that's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfitfaction, and that's for $100 off of free advertising. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be right back with our interview with Justin Arnold. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you guys get podcasts. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. With me in the studio today is Rob. Rob, how are you today? I am doing very well, and it is a pleasure to be here, Paul. Thank you for having me today. It's always a pleasure. It's never not a pleasure. (laughs) Sometimes it's stressful, sometimes it's an undertaking, but it's always a pleasure. Uh, We are also super excited in the studio, or video. Via Zoom, because that's how that's every, how our world works. That's now. how the world works <laughs> nowadays. Uh, we have the author of Purpose Through Pain: Finding Limitless Potential in the Presence of Adversity, Mr. Justin Arnold. Justin, how are you today? And I'm doing really, really good. Like I was saying before we got on here, I got just got well, not just got back, but a few days ago, my wife and I took a movement retreat in Mexico where the average temperature was like 80. We come back to Western <laughs> New York here in Rochester. It's literally like six degrees right yeah. now and snowing. So all things considered, I'm feeling pretty good. I got my health and and I was just in sunshine for a week. So yeah, doing pretty good. Oh, Thanks that's for wonderful. Asking. Immediately, Ooh. immediately jealous though. I know, yeah. Immediately <laughs> jealous. We, we were just commenting too with someone else about being upstate because we're. I, I I described us as being in upstate New York, where we're you know we're an hour north of the city, but you truly are upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, we're like if you go just a few minutes, we're like. Like I go to Lake Ontario every day if I want to. So like we're right on the lake. I mean, we're 45 minutes or give or take from Buffalo, Niagara Falls area. We, yeah, it gets, we average about a hundred inches of snow around here. I don't know what you guys have, but that's like our average. No, not even close. No, not even close. We just get cold. We get the cold, cold and that's about it. Now, as someone, uh, that, yeah. as someone who grew up in Chicago, how does this weather uh, translate? <laughs> For you. Well, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Chicago's much colder. So like we may not have gotten as much. We got snow, obviously, mm-hmm. but like you know, like right today we're doing like six degrees, probably some kind of wind chill or something, something. But like that windy city stuff, that wind, yeah. that wind chill there, like, like so this doesn't bother me like six degrees. So like <laughs> when I was a kid, I was playing in snow, and I swear it was probably should have been like not been doing that with like no gloves and no hats and like it was probably like i should have gotten frostbite but the mind is a powerful thing oh, so yeah. like it like it was so much colder there like and we would be standing at the bus stop i think there was like we're here it's like there's a limit but there i swear i was like it has to be like i don't know like 30 below or 50 below wind chill before oh, yeah. they would cancel school so it's something <laughs> stupid and like so yeah there was much colder I got to admit there's parts of the Midwest. I have no plans on moving back, but I, I do miss it at times. And I'm one of those weird people that loves the variety of the seasons. I don't think yeah. I could live somewhere like where I was for a week. It's nice to vacation in those spots. Right. I love fall. I love spring. I love snow. And, and so, you know, you, yeah. I, I've looked, you've, you've kind of been all over the map in terms of where you've lived. You grew up in Chicago. You went to school in Kentucky. At, uh, Mur- yeah, yeah, <laughs> Murray State, they, Murray State University. They actually the area where that just got hit by that tornado. Actually, oh, so I knew some fraternity brothers, and I have some friends that like got hammered uh, by that tornado that was went through Kentucky West. So yeah, that's like give people an idea that don't know Murray State. Mm-hmm. It is a D one. Oh in right. Basketball. So we do make it to the tournament every so often. <laughs> we got some people in the NBA. So oh we, wow, but. Yeah, but we're a small division one. Like I think when I was going there, like, I think full time was like ten or twelve thousand. I think it's like mm-hmm. twenty thousand now. But like, oh, wow. it's like what? It's like the corner pocket there. There's Paducah, Murray, and like so like we could hop and skip to Tennessee, Illinois, or Arkansas, and like no time. So to give you an idea of where it was at, 
But yeah, I wanted like, I wanted to go to a small school and my first major was actually music. I wanted to go to a small school with a good music program and yeah. that I could walk everywhere. The Illinois schools I was checking out, like you would have to take a bus here and a thing there. And I'm like, screw all that. Like, yeah. I wanted something small. So I, that's why I went there. Right? I should point out to our listeners that as we're talking uh, to them, uh, there's a drum set in the background. So it is very <laughs> clear that you, music is a, a part of your life. <laughs> that Yeah, that, that was my old set. It's now my son's. I do more here. Like, I know you guys don't have visual. I do more like hand drumming now. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a gem which is like an african drum i do this more for like i guess call it what you will like therapy or yeah or meditation but like like one of these kinds of things oh, wow. so, no that's uh, beautiful know. oh i love really it it's cool, cool. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I so i still play but so i but thought not he was like thinking out like captain america's shield yeah, for yeah a that's second. <laughs> i was like oh my god look at that thing. it looks like it it's it a does. weapon <laughs> but that's wow. really cool so and then after kentucky i know you were spent time in spokane or at least working in spokane in Washington. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I, no, I didn't. I, I mean, I um, I'm sorry with, with KHQ. Oh, that was Western Illinois. Yeah. K-H-Q-A. Oh, Western Illinois. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I went from Chicago, Kentucky, then back to Illinois. So my parents live in Western Illinois and I went back okay. there for, for a couple different reasons, but I was kind of getting like, I was looking for a change, but my parents are both and uh, going through remission and cancer and they oh could use some gosh, help. And I was the only one of my brothers. I was the young, I'm the youngest of two. Only one of my brothers that really wasn't like, really didn't have any ties anywhere. I was a single guy in my twenties and mm-hmm. moved back there. But it's like, when I started to realize things happen for a reason, I just, it sounds so random because other than some college stints on TV, I got a job uh, working at a TV station as a news producer. Then there was this major flood that happened in 2008 on the Mississippi, started becoming a reporter. And then I just applied for the weekend weather anchor job and got that. But yeah, that's where I met my uh, future wife. So I, that was around 2007 to give you a time frame. So. Yes. If, if any of you want to check it out, there is a, a beautiful video of, of Justin proposing to his fiance, well, proposing to your girlfriend at the time. Uh, on mm-hmm. air, much to her surprise, and and it was it's it, I don't you have to get a chance to see this. It's adorable. <laughs> I, it, sorry it's, if I'm embarrassing you. It's totally no, adorable. It's, watching there's you. over a million views. Yeah. Like more people have seen it than that know me. We even have people reach out. Like are grateful we're still married, or yeah. wondering, or curious. They find, somehow stalk us on social media. But yeah, there's. <laughs> it was one of this thing. We met there, and I wanted to surprise her, and I proposed to her on air, and uh, it. And, and then I, she, she totally had, thought it was a joke. She yeah. thought it was a joke and she started laughing. She's like, is this for real? And, and then she had to go into real. a story immediately after the proposal. <laughs> I don't even remember. I feel like the story was probably not a laughable story, but maybe no, it was. I can't remember. I, I think it, it was too like, traumatic. Like, no, it was. And I think it was like a community event or something that was going on. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I really encourage you to watch it. So I, I'll take you through this and, and this will sort of, I think, dictate the, the approach that we want to take. So now you describe yourself on your website as, and, and I'm listing this, your words, active father and husband, Jesus follower, best-selling author, movement in life or optimization coach. Now I have to yeah. ask, is that in list of priorities? Man, that's a great question. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't, let me see. So we got father, <laughs> we got. Husband. I mean, I would say if I if I have to put anything, I put my faith above everything. But mm. like, like, cause that's what guides me, and and and, and really like, I, I try to teach my kids whether they end up believing in in whatever. It's just like you can't always count on people, and when people fail, like, 
you know, there's going to be times where you might feel alone, but there's always something higher you can turn to. And so I want, for me, that's always given me comfort. Like mm-hmm. when people let me down or, or people screw me over, I need answers or something like, you know, I found it in that. It took a while because I grew up Catholic and I didn't believe. In fact, I would say I went through a, a, a series of like hating to not believing to almost yeah. being atheist. So yeah. And then, yeah, I'm super like, like just the life that I grew up on, like my goal, if I ever became a father, like I was going to be this active father. I wasn't going to be this, this, uh, this, where I just clock in at a job, go to work and occasionally hang out with them on vacation times, which I saw growing up, which yeah. I still see through a lot of these days. It's like, I'm like, what am I doing all this hard ass work for? If mm-hmm. not for the people like them. And, and I think we as fathers need to play a bigger role than just collecting a paycheck. So I'm very right. active in their lives. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So tell me, about, I, I had a feeling you would probably put your faith at the highest. So tell, tell <laughs> us a little bit about how, you know, what are the, what led you to, and now I can only assume since you're talking about, you you know, you were brought up Catholic and you kind of fell away from it, which I, I have to say, I've seen, you know, traditionally I've seen that happen a lot with like a very organized religion until something happens in your life that leads you to a, a point of where, I don't want to say necessarily a conversion, but sort of a, a moment of realization where you do kind of realize I'm not doing this well on my own. I need something bigger than myself. And I'm guessing that's where faith played a role in your life. So if you could take us a little bit leading up to that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always been a reader and reading books, looking for answers, growing in my you know knowledge and wisdom. And like, I always said this, like, since for as long as I can remember with all the pain that I was experiencing at a younger age, like, I think it was like age 12 where I was like, man, I don't, all I want to do is like help people. And like, you know, I don't know what that looks like, but I just started like going down this weird pathway of just like looking around for different things. And it kept being led to like, there had to be something bigger than myself, like higher power of sorts. Like I started, the more I learned about the human body, for example, like, you know, I was just like, this is like, this just all can't just happen. And so I was exploring different religions. I looked into Buddhism. I looked into a lot of these different things. And then it took like literally like just deep meditation of like, I'm a guy that's like really like my mind is very busy. I'm very ADD. But if you could just like find a time to like silence your mind, preferably in nature, in the woods and just like not talk and just shut up, even mm-hmm. like shut up your mind, not even say mantras or breathing techniques, just right. like sit. It's hard, especially in oh, today's yeah. world. And I challenge people to do that. The times that I do that, I feel like I literally feel like somebody is sitting next to me. I know I'm not tripping on any kind of high lot. I'm not tripping on anything, guys. It's so clear. As, as some like, of our previous guests no, have no been psilocy- doing. <laughs> no psilocybin or MDMA here. This is just like natural Justin in the woods. You can get that. And I just felt something. And, and I was very resistant, you know. And then I started looking at like, it wasn't that christianity jesus these are bad things or what people if people people suck it's not that like when you look at the purest form like i feel like if we really learn more about like jesus himself who wouldn't want to be that guy like this Mm -hmm. guy that in such a short span before social media was super famous not that we want to be famous but this guy was doing so much good that he pissed off like the people in in the faith world but he did it in such a humble way he also knew like how to lead by following like he also knew when to take breaks like he would go talk to thousands of people but then he would tell his followers i'm going to climb this mountain literally this guy would climb mountains in sandals we're not talking like walk up a hill climb like 
Adirondack style mountains to go be by himself when you come down, whenever I feel like, right. like he knew the value of self-care. He knew how to take care of groups of people, individuals. He knew to, how to lead by following. He knew how to love. So like, and so like, to know that like the more you learn about these things and there's so many things that we can't always answer and we're always looking for like you know it's easy to see something in front of us you know like it's easy to believe that we we, we look at we put our faith in these things more <laughs> our we phones, put our faith yes. in something you know what i mean like <laughs> uh, you know people are willing to believe in a santa claus but not to believe that some right. thing that we don't even understand that's smarter bigger and more powerful than us might have created all this i'm not saying i'm right and other no. people are wrong i'm just saying think about it yeah, yeah. And for me, I know that the more I followed and the more that I've read and dove into faith and growth, the better my life overall has gotten. It doesn't mean it's gotten easier, right. but it makes the hard stuff easier to handle. If yeah. that makes sense because of my faith. You, you've mentioned a number of times like coping mechanisms, whether it's writing, whether it's therapy, whether it's uh, working out, you know, what are some of your biggest ways that you cope with pain with life with with sort of just the realization that people do suck and i just need to sort of figure that out <laughs> yeah like like we're all broken we all fall short and like we all go through life like people might look at me and just think like everything's great everything's easy because i've been told that mm -hmm. and it, it's not that it is i'm just able to handle stressful situations but it, it takes work i yeah i have tools i have advices i'm very disciplined and, and but free spirited too meaning like like i have a morning routine i have a night routine i do these things i, I like i have standards in my life where like for example at least 30 minutes a day is i'm going to play with my kids outside i'm going to spend time with my wife i'm going to work out i'm going to drink a gallon of water a day like all these things i'm going to i journal i do a lot of writing which led to my book of course and and so i do i do these vices and like I have breathing techniques. So like when I'm like stressed and like when I want to yell at my kids, I mean, we all get angry at times. We all get stressed. I'm human too. But something I try to do is like step away and breathe and think about it and maybe write or something. So like, for example, like I've had riffs with people and like, I'll like type up a text and not send it. Yeah. That in itself is therapeutic, mm -hmm. you know? So I think meditation can be a number of different things. I, I spend time in the kitchen cooking is therapeutic. I play my drums when I need those moments. I'll go walk in the woods by myself. I could list on and on and on and on. But I mentioned the free spirited. I would say definitely get things in your life so you can not necessarily be busy, but just have tools to fall back on when thing when like, you know, when, for lack of a better term, shit storms come yeah. your way that you can handle those. But also be free spirited enough. I learned this on or I, it was a reminder, not I learned, I remember a reminder on my vacation, with my wife that like, why the first few days I started my morning routine, I realized, you know what, why can't I just sleep in and cuddle with my wife? And yeah. I don't need to do it this week all the time. So I can stay up later and we can go out and have some fun. And so I think there needs to be some like, some balance, some balance there. And like balance is different for everybody. But, you know, I, I, I talk about balance per se in the four quadrants of you know, what I think is success in my book. And I, I, I think, you know, if we're levied in too many areas, like, you know, things can get out of whack in the other, like, it's like, for having example, a, we're work it's like having a car that where four tires, but only one of them has the most, has the right amount of air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, if we're working too hard, but then our faith, our family and our fitness are just lagging or yes. if we're working out so much in the gym that we're, we're, 
where maybe we're doing all right in work, but we're not really making any grounds, but we're neglecting our family because we're spending two hours in the gym and then yeah. we're starting to build those relationships more than our wife or our kid, you know, like, so it's like always like, you know, and we don't really know unless we're like regularly daily self-analyzing. And I think some of the best ways to do that is sitting with yourself. Uh, and I would honestly say writing, because once we get, we can just like detach it, get it on a paper and then read it again mm -hmm. in an honest and vulnerable way. And then if, again, if you have an accountability partner, my, my wife, you know, and then I have a group of men I meet with, those are, those are great accountability checks. Otherwise we're just going to sit in this egotistical corner that we're doing awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. And, and having that balance is so key. Cause I know so often we can just swap like, you know, one vice for another and, you know, suddenly we are, you know, yes, we're not dealing with our vices, but now we're spending six hours at the gym, you know, every day and neglecting other areas of our life. So it is important to, to strike that balance. So that's, that's amazing that you're, you're able to find that balance too. And that's, I, that, I would imagine that's a tough struggle. Just in general. Yeah. I like that. You said, I like that you're actually using the word vices. I like it because I think we all have, we all want to feel good, right? Yeah. We all want to be happy. Uh, I think a lot of people go for firework vices, you know, like mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol or one night stands and things right. like that. And I'm not saying I'm not judging here. I'm just stating because I live these versions of hell for those that are just listening. I did drugs. I did alcohol. I did one night stands. I almost committed suicide multiple times. So like, I get it. Like I've been down the, this road. The point is like, if we can find healthy vices to to improve our life, even just 1% better. So, and yeah, not overdoing it. I work with a lot of clients. I worked with one this morning who's a typical overtrainer because she's almost chasing pain mm -hmm. to avoid the other pain from her past. Yeah, There's such a connection there. And I used to be that in my twenties. So I realized like, you know, I, 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 there needs to be that, that healthy balance towards it. And I think again, it just comes back to like having that mind, that body connection, that that's like just self-awareness, but we're, if we're always stimulated and we're always busy, then we don't really have yeah. that time. And that's probably one of the hardest things I had to come overcome being from, you know, being labeled ADHD, probably some past trauma that created the busy mind and, and things like that to realize like, man, there is super value in slowing down, yeah. calming the mind and just being with yourself as an entrepreneur. Some people might find that's wasting time, but it's actually given me more time. And it's actually made me more productive because it gives my time to actually work things out a lot yeah. better. So. About when did you start to recognize the ADHD? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I, I, you, <laughs> well, I should say about when did you recognize that that's what it was? <laughs> I, I'm in one of these, like, no, I think I've always had this, like, maybe like stubborn when I was younger okay. and like this self, like, like I've never like, okay, fine. You're telling me this. I'm going to prove you. I'm not like, like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Self -li like oh, no yeah. limits. Like, but well, so I had a, um, no diss to my mom, but she was like a guidance counselor, like close to being a psychologist. Mm -hmm. So she was always like, I'll, I'll never forget. Like even when I was a bratty teenager, I remember yelling at my mom be like, quit trying to diagnose me and just be my mother. Like, <laughs> because she was like, I think it, as early as she, I can remember, she was labeling me and my older brother, not my middle brother, me and my older brother, like ADD mm -hmm. and trying to get us medicated. And I was against it. Like, I didn't even know why I was against it. I just, it just felt weird to put pills in my body for what I, I felt was just who I am. And I just needed to figure out how to navigate this. Yeah. Like, and now I realize that was actually pretty wise for a kid. But I think at the time I was just this little brat that like <laughs> listen to anybody because it didn't make sense in my mind. And so I refused to take medicine. She gave me it. I like Wellbutrin and yeah. oh, some of the other stuff, but you, people know them. I just didn't take it. I would throw it in the garbage. Mm -hmm. Like I just, 
it just, it just didn't didn't feel right. And I think part of it, like I remember my brother, my older brother was heavily medicated on it. I remember him saying once that it limited his artistic ability. Like he's an incredible drawer and artist. And I remember saying that and I was like, screw that. Right. I'll yeah. figure this out my on my own. And it's taken a lot of time. And I'm I'm 41 next week. My birthday's next week. Oh, happy but, birthday. Uh, Hey, thanks, man. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, are you yeah, fellow Capricorn? Yes. All I'm right. The last day, so I'm the last day of Capricorn, so some people may not consider me a Capricorn. But I am Capricorn. So, you know, it's funny. So just so our listeners know, Justin and I connected on Facebook, and I was really drawn to a couple of things. Not First of all, he has a book, which he was very gracious to send us a copy of. I've been diving into it. I'm a very slow reader. I used to be very fast as a kid, but now like I, I've found taking my time is a lot better for me. But... um. It's sure. Something you said really just made me laugh while we're sitting here. So my wife, producer Melanie, as she's affectionately known, beautiful, proud black woman, she's also has training as a forensic interviewer. So no way. So I would find we were when we were talking, especially when she was really going through her training, I would sit there and I'd be like, "Are you interviewing me right now?" And she's like, "Tell me more about how you're feeling right now." <laughs> so to, to hear your story about your mom really just <laughs> it, it made me chuckle because you know. Like I said, I see a lot of similarities. Like I'm the same kind of person. I wake up at four o'clock every morning because I love to have my time at the <coughs> gym and I work out and I it's part of my routine and I had to change my mindset about working out. Because it used to be I worked out because I got positive attention from it. And then it turned into yeah. I work out because it's good for me, it's healthy for me, it's so I can be a better provider for my family and you know do my oh, job efficiently. Yeah. And it changed my entire life. Just doing the same thing with a different mindset is, is an incredible, a very powerful yeah. shift. I, I, I like how you said it because that's essentially what I do with my clients because we're told to do this thing that a lot of people are resistant to, you know, eating healthy and moving. So the biggest thing that I get my clients to do is just chase like a deep why, like you just talked about your deep why, like my deep why is just being active and mobile, being able to play with my kids, have energy, but you're not going to have energy if you're draining yourself in the gym. You might be strong and jack and maybe be able to protect your family when you have energy, but like if you don't have that balance from it and then... And then it's just like, like, what are you saying to your kids that like the gyms are more important? So it's, it's about having all that. Like, why are you training? So that's what I try to get to the, that's what I had to sit down and write. Like, why am I even doing all this? Yeah. And then also that's what I get my clients and I get them to do it about like, I, I just keep asking why until I get to the point where you can see emotion coming over their face. And it's not to get that emotion, but like, right. that's the attachment we're looking for. Like, so that they're choosing healthier choices in their life. And it's finding sustainability for the rest of their life. And I think that's what, if we could just all sit down, like, why do we do, why do we wake up every morning? Yeah. Like the purpose, like, what's your purpose? Like my book, Purpose Through Pain, like I have been able to find purpose because of the pain. And I think we just need to keep driving towards like a deeper purpose. And some people are like, well, I don't know what that is. Well, then spend time with yourself. And like, what do you really like? What do you want to do? And, and, and just keep diving. And then like make everything that you do driving towards that. Like I can say that being healthier, more mobile, more energetic and eating these foods and doing this movement can make me more present, more consciously aware, be with my kids, my wife, my clients, and you guys here on this podcast. So I'm not like at one o'clock, oh, I don't want to take a nap. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so having, you know, heard, you know, the way that you, you, you're dealing with things and the way you're coping with things, you know, for our listeners and, and you, you can, you know, take us through whatever you want to, you have fought off a number of, uh, Difficult events in your life, a number of tragic events, a lot of very, you know, whether it was accidents or, 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 you know, abuse or anything. And, you know, you don't have to get into any detail that you're not comfortable with, but, you know, whatever you want to share with us, what, you know, led you to 
the point where you're like, I need to sort of choose a different direction here? That's such a great question. Yeah, man. It's like, you know, you don't know like about psychology and what things are doing to you. You just know these things are happening right. and you want to, and like when they're happening, like we all want to go, like we all want to go the path of least resistance. We all want an easy life. We all want to feel great. I came to the realization, I'm not sure when, probably I feel like that 12 year old <laughs> self is where I go back yeah. to because it's like, that was a pivotal moment where we were like, things were like drastically changing. We we're moving houses and changing things up anyways, between 12 or 14 or somewhere around there. And I just like, like, I just, I like, I just like, there has to be more to life. Like, yeah. like I was looking at my parents who were like, you know, working like six jobs between the two of them. And we're talking like, I had, my parents were making good money. They were massive degree educators. My, my mom was like working as a, my mom was working as like a, like a, I forgot her exact title, but basically like a, senior guidance counselor so she was like the head making really good money my dad was like working at a school and i think part-time at a local university to teaching math and sciences and they but then they had other jobs like joanne fabric my mom was a firefighter all these different things and like so i never really saw them. we didn't really take much vacations like we didn't have trips like there wasn't weekends hanging out with my parents it was like let's get to work where's your chores it was constantly work work yeah. work and i get it the generation so like i'm sympathetic i'm not like what was me and like whatever. And, and we all have different things that we've gone through. So I was like starting to look at life pessimistically, like, man, is this it? Like we go to school for like, you know, a quarter of our lives so we can work another half of our lives. So we're going to tire for this much. It's like, that yeah. sucks. Like I want to just enjoy it. I want to like find purpose in it. And like, I knew that all I want to do is help people. And like, I knew I wanted to like build relationships, spend time with people. I just find a way to make money at that. So like, yeah, a lot of things happened to me. Like, so, you know, those who have read my book know, but if you haven't read it, like to give you an idea when I like, like it, apparently it started as early as birth. Like I was supposed to have a twin, but like my twin died and I made it. Like, why is that? <laughs> like, yeah. That's survivor like, guilt. Uh, yeah. 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 And then, and then like around five, six, I started being abused by my babysitter and like, you know, I, I don't need to go in detail, but literally use your imagination, yeah. like use your imagination. And we're talking like, it wasn't just, it was an older sibling in my house too. And this older sibling along with this babysitter would take turns, just like use your imagination. It was rough. Like, but I didn't know, like, so like, and then, so as I've gotten older, I started to realize like, it took me a while to deal with this, but like all the people that are supposed to represent love and care in my house or in my life early on, were doing the opposite. So I was, ingrained and as we know now like before the age of seven that stuff gets ingrained in your oh, cerebral yeah. nervous system i was literally being taught at a very early age that like love is pain pain is love right. and, and, and stuff like that and issues, like, oh. and yeah. yeah 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 so so like but i was like i guess i was just always like a realist and an optimistic at the same time like yeah i went through my bouts where i thought i wanted to kill myself and i tried but i was like that's i said that was weak like I said it to myself, like, that's just weak. I feel, feel selfish. And I, I, I started learning, like, I realized, well, I didn't think anybody cared. I realized it's a lot more people than it's going to hurt right. me. Like, I was like, I'm stronger than this. So like, this is the easy way out. And I know people are hurting. I know this is hard, but, and we all have our bouts with it, especially this past couple of years with everything going through and, you know, but this is just me again. I'm just telling my story. Yeah. And this is what, what it took was just like, like little things like knowing, like, you know, so since I couldn't find it in my own house, I was trying to escape. So I did the music thing. I, I did the sports. I did soccer and I would, you know, finding little joy, like firework moments, like 
I would, I did theater, I would do dance. I did all these different things to active. And I, I found a lot of joy and happiness in this. And, and I saw it impacting people like from the audience to like my bandmates next to me, but I was always still like very rebellious and right. resistant to like authority, <laughs> obviously. Well, I, I think because a lot of those things are, it's a high, which eventually goes away. And then you have to seek it again, you know, by doing another show or getting in front of another audience and everything. And, and... Yeah. So I played around with like, obviously drugs and, and, and what's funny thing is I never really drank alcohol until college, but yeah, I switched. I like, I was like, I'm, I swear I'm not going to do drugs. So then yeah. when I went to I, I college, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do drugs, but I'm going to drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like I yeah. justified it. Like, That's not as bad. <laughs> so I went through my stuff, but like, it was, it was like, you know, I think what hit was like, you know, my senior year of high school was a very weird year. I had, I was really close to my grandfather who died. I was really close to my great aunt who died. And then literally we're coming back from a band trip. And, and like, I witnessed like one of my bandmates literally get hit by a truck we had just won a competition it's big yeah. competition and we're all accelerating i think we we're leaving like a mcdonald's or something we we're crossing the street we just got done eating and a truck just comes flying through doesn't even pay attention and he ends up getting killed God. and i found out later like so i used to yell to cadences i used to play quince the tom for those who don't know quince was like the toms the marching toms you got your mm -hmm. snare drum bass drum and like the guys the guys with the multiple drums oh yeah so that yes. was what i was marching yeah that's what i was marching with in high school and I found out from his mother that he really loved the cadence we played called Saigon. And, and so the dogwood parade was coming up and, and I ended up like, when it, I ended up yelling, this one's for her son, basically, I yelled out his name and we knew what it was going to play and we played in front of her and I couldn't oh. see her cause I'm like marching. Right. But I found out later, like that meant a lot to her and she got emotional and just to know that like I can make an impact with something yeah. as small as that. And so that's just been kind of like, you know, the lighting lighting point. I, I was really pushing away from faith. But then when I, I realized the more I try to like be resistant of like energy, the universe, God, all that stuff, things got worse for me. But the more I gravitated or at least exploring and learning, the worse got easier to handle. Mm -hmm. uh, I never want to tell anybody like, you're never going to escape pain. No. You're never going to say hardship like in challenges, what I can tell you is just like gym is such a great correlation for life. And that's why I love lifting weights and getting people to lift weights because like it's never gets easier. Cause as you get better, like you want to continue to yeah. challenge, you want to go up five pounds, 10 pounds, but it's just like, like what we know is like the more that we can like do in the gym, the easier the stuff that we couldn't do get yeah. that's life too. Like the more we hit challenges in life, as much as we want to avoid them sometimes, like the better we, we can handle easier things. So like, that's why like at this point at like about to be 41, like, and it, I wouldn't know this unless people close to me pointed out like things that normally stress people out or get upset about, like, like I don't, like, I don't, yeah. like, I don't let like somebody cutting me off or somebody yelling at me. Like, I'm not saying I don't get angry occasionally, of but course. like, it's just, it's just, it gets a lot easier the more you kind of like, whether you've gone through stuff or the more you try not to avoid that stuff and just grow in those things. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I hope I kind of answered. Oh, yeah. No, no. There, but yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, too so. often so many people think that like, you know, well, how can I make the demons go away right. or how can I make the pain go away? And it's not about that. It's about keeping the demons at bay and, and managing the pain. You know, so what are the ways that I, I can manage that pain? And, you know, like you've been saying, you know, it's lifting weights sometimes because it's something that's a constant, you know, challenge to you or it's the the writing and, and or, or it's, you know, sometimes just 
escaping and, and being by yourself and just listening to, to what the universe is offering you and everything. So yeah, it's, it. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is like you said, escaping. And I want to make clear, like I see some people try to escape their life and like, <laughs> I get it if you're right. like, but I think like try to build a life that you don't want to escape from. And, and, and I don't mean that like financially, I just mean that like in a lot of different ways, like I love my life because I'm very active. Like people want to avoid their wife or kids. But one thing I've noticed, like when there's, when there's one of those things, when there's a riff there, mm-hmm. drive more towards that and figure out why, yes. it, because if you avoid it, guess what happens? Divorce. Yeah. kids don't hate you like like so if so one of the things like i for example like i this is something i've done uh, there was a little riff between my daughter and i she's about to reach puberty and we had this little riff this was like a few months ago and i don't even remember what it was but i remember what i did i remember i was like honey we're gonna go for a walk and i said you don't have to talk to me i don't have to talk to you but we're just gonna walk in the woods and we're gonna walk next to each other and she's like okay i was like let's get in the truck we got in the truck we're walking in the woods and it let, give you an idea it was like rainy and it was October I think it was cold so but my kids have been through so much like element wise like in our hikes like we went through a rainstorm in the Adirondacks like nothing phases them at this point that's awesome so we just started walking and not five minutes in she starts talking to me and it's like nothing ever happened and she opened up and I got to hear what was really painting her it wasn't me it was nothing I did it was something with her brother and sisters and while that might seem minor to us that's major. Whatever they're dealing with, it could be something stupid, like he took his toy or whatever, but that's major to oh, the yeah. kid. Oh, yeah, when you're that age. Ever, yeah. yeah, and we just need to listen and be there. But like, if we're just saying, if we're, neg- if we're negating their feelings or like, oh, you shouldn't cry, you shouldn't do that, that's hurtful. Yeah. Like, we're teaching a kid a very young age that their feelings don't matter. Mm-hmm. And so they find relationships where their feelings don't, like a right. man or a woman that they know. And so like, I want to be sympathetic. And I'm not saying I'm perfect every day, but these are these things. I remember on one of the breaks, another story where the woods is a very good healer. So I'll, I'll go back. I challenge people to not to try it and say it doesn't work. The three of my kids were like at each other. This was during summer. And I just, I got them all in the vehicle. I was right after a client. I got them all in the vehicle. I just walked, we took them to the woods. They're like, where are we going? I was like, you'll see. They thought I was like driving off like a cliff or something. I don't know. They were like kind of freaked out, but we stopped in this, uh, this place. And I just like, I was like, get out you're gonna walk yeah. can't stay in this vehicle and i locked the truck and we walked and literally same idea about like three four minutes in it's like nothing happened they were playing with the other laughing they were loving each other hugging each other and it's just sometimes kids yeah. need fresh air they need space they need breathing too and i like i'm not saying treat kids like adults but treat right. them like humans mm-hmm. how, how, how do you treat think them like how you want to be treated how do you think your kids mm-hmm. would describe you as dad Man, (laughs) hopefully good. I don't know. I know that they've said, I know that they missed me when I was in Mexico. I know that they, this was funny. They're like, they, they believed that I would be a multimillionaire and I'm like, I don't even care if I ever am. They, they believe like I'm some superhero. I think sometimes like, well, dad can do it or I don't know. They put you like we all put our, you know, our parents sometimes. I don't know. Like uh, hopefully, I guess you should interview them. Uh, hopefully, good thing. I mean, <laughs> one thing I know that they do say pretty often to like their friends and other people that dad always plays with us and spends time with us and goes outside with us and like they they get to it's all it's like it's, it's expected in a good way that we're gonna be doing something together. Like for example, we were gone for a week. And I made a commitment that just to reconnect, it's been a busy week. We came back on a Monday, so it's just been hit the ground running. Right. So tonight we're going to go to Dave and Buster's and play, oh, just play video games oh, with the awesome. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to reconnect, rekindle. Yeah. Like, 
I because I life happens so fast, mm-hmm. and so you gotta like. I tell people like we're all busy. I like to say productive, not busy. I yeah. think busy is a negative kind yeah, of. Yeah, I agree. With but that. like, you gotta schedule it. Like if, like I don't know, like how much money do you really really make? Like, can we like pause and like go play with your kids? Like, because yeah. like I've heard it too many times. I I experienced that life where like like time went by so fast and you didn't see the various stages of your kids or spend time with them. And all of a sudden you're wondering why they're not talking to you. Not that I, I talk to my parents, by the way, but like <laughs> this happens and, yeah. and you don't have really a relationship. And, and, and that's what I'd say my, me and my parents relationship is more, it's, it's, it's cordial. Mm-hmm. It's more professional. Like it's not like really, really close. Like it is with like my kids. So I, I just think like, cut, like cut the time, like carve the time. Maybe you got to, Maybe you got a job where you travel a lot, but find 30 minutes somewhere throughout the week that you can just like sit and be with them and put everything away. So, yeah. so I, I love your, your, yeah, you clearly have a very hands-on approach to fathering and, and, you know, you definitely have a very, you know, involved relationship with your, your wife, as you've mentioned. So you, you write about toxic masculinity. Oh, you beat me to it. I oh, was going to start. Oh, I'll let you take it then. Go ahead. I had a whole segue oh, in my go head. Ahead. I, well, so what, Let's I was go. Gonna, what I was going to say rewind. was. Yeah, re- rewind. It's my show. I can do whatever I want. I just let Rob talk. No. So you you mentioned this the story with your daughter about how she explained to you a problem, which as adults, we're like, oh, that's it. But in her world, it's the biggest, most important mm-hmm. thing. And I find that, you know, I, I work in a field where it is a lot of suck it up buttercup and rub some dirt in it and everybody's <laughs> dealing with things. You're dealing like you're not you're not special. But I think in the world nowadays there's a lot more understanding about, especially for men. And I know in your book you do go through it. And we talked a little bit before uh, we went on air about, you know, men asking for help and kind of breaking that cycle of being the tough guy. And there's we've done a lot of interviews on this show and we've done interviews. We did one uh, last week with a podcast called the Surviving Abuse uh, Podcast. And literally we had a a 20 minute discussion about how men especially are very quick to put up their walls and put up their tough guy facade and really just kind of be like, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then suddenly they get to a point where everything breaks and oh, yeah. it, it's it's, it's a funny tough, you say that yeah. yeah it's funny you say that because like i say i talk about that in my book pretty heavily like mm-hmm. be uh, like like don't like how do i say it basically don't be okay with being just fine we need yeah. to be better than just yeah. fine you know i talk about that in my book and and yeah as men like again this is my opinion and, and but i really believe like hiding behind our emotions and our feelings is insecurity is weakness like being vulnerable like if you come from a place of like trauma pain whatever like we've a lot of people have like and and i talk about it in my book like i'm like we've all we all got stories we all got things but like i've seen a couple different things happen when people go through some serious stuff and it's like either a you try to like ignore it and hope time avoids it avoids it don't bring it up don't talk about it just go away the thing is it never goes away and it festers at you and it'll continue to fester at you and it'll come out in different ways later in life like you can't really fully connect with your life life because you never dealt with your stuff you have issues with the people closest to you or it's the other you let it fester to the point that it becomes such a part of you that it is you that you're like always looking that you're really never growing or you have a lot of self-hate or self-beliefs or or really eats away at you and so like back to the manhood stuff it's like like be okay with tears is another thing i talk about like crying is parasympathetic man like crying is like getting a massage crying is like sitting in a hot tub like crying is like 
taking a nap. And like, if I were to tell you, don't take a nap, don't get a massage, mm-hmm. don't take a poo ever. <laughs> don't take a shit. Like hold that stuff in literally. Like you would call me crazy. Yeah. Then why are we acting like, like I've heard grown men tell their kids, stop crying, suck it up. Yep. Yeah. That oh, is yeah. damaging. And enough research is showing. And one of my friends, after he read my book said, he literally watched a thing on one of these I don't watch TV. One of these TV things, it was like uh, where they interview like a lot of people in prisons and a lot of them like were told that they weren't like a lot of like serious, like mass murder type people, like serious criminals were basically like not allowed to cry, not allowed to show emotion, not allowed to play around and play fight, like not allowed to let it out. Mm -hmm. And so if you bottle all that in, like you guys said, you're going to burst. Yeah. And if you don't burst until you're adult, it comes in forms of violence probably or self-inflicted harm or something like that. So let it out, you know, be, be okay with it. I can't, I mean, I think there's a time and a place and everything else. I think there's like, you know, like, but I think we need to let our kids work through their emotions and learn and grow. And I think we can learn a lot from kids. Heck, even from like a sitting posture thing, I could go down that rabbit hole, but yeah, (laughs) as, as like men, like, like we, we need to deal with our stuff. It's not weakness. If something happened to you as a child, it's not your fault. And you are not weak for something that happened to you as a child, but dealing with it and using it to help other people and being open with it can be a superpower that you use and could be a, a, like, make you a better man and a better father. Like, like being, showing my emotions and my kids allows them to open up more to me. But if I teach them that emotions are bad or wrong or weak, well, then you teach your kids that. And then you're wondering why they're not telling you about their boyfriends or their girlfriends or their life or their school, because there's emotion attached to that and emotions are bad. Like, so like, we need to be honest with ourselves as men. Like, what are we really teaching our kids? Like what legacies are we leaving for them? If we're not allowing them to address these things. And I think we need to also be honest, like, like we talked about this, uh, you know, the statistics for men being molested and raped at early ages of one in six, but I think it's much, much higher because we just don't talk about it and like the damage that's being done in society. And like, so it's one of these things, like if more men knew that more men were going through with it, it'd be like, okay, I'll tell you this. When I wrote my book, it was not easy. Obviously the first time I read the first draft, I couldn't finish it. Wow. But I'll tell you that it I was like round three or chapter three or four, like, whoa. It broke down, but now I can read it multiple times. I can talk about it. And like, that's how I know, like for me, this book was therapy itself. But like, when you can get to a point where like that, that knows that you probably have worked through your stuff pretty well, that it's, it's just a story in a, another chapter in your life. And, and you can, it's, it's something that has happened. I'm not telling everybody to go write a book about all the crap right. that happened to you. I'm saying like, but even writing it down and just addressing it. Like, yeah, I think for me, it started with that. that yeah. it, it, it started with me just writing and like, Apple notes, like being like the specifics that happened with a child, that wasn't easy. But when I did it, it's like, Oh yeah. Fuck. That felt great. Yeah, like, the, it was better than any sharing the burden. Yeah. 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 And like if therapy works, I'll tell you this, I had a bad taste in my mouth for therapy. Like that was one of the traumatic things I was told by a therapist, my first therapist. So give you, give you guys a quick run of things. Mm. So I was molested. I was abused. And my babysitter decided to burn the house down while I was inside it. This isn't a joke. This is like facts. Anyways, fast forward. You can read the book. I don't want to start doing that. But like I was told by my first therapist that I was fine. 
Like I was fine. So I've always thought that I was fine and okay. And I realized later on that there were still things that I had to work through and how it was like manifesting in relationships, you know, me chasing pain in the gym and, and various other vices. I was still like running down, like searching for fireworks or searching for value or searching to feel good or to fill the void uh, that I might've had. And, and so, and like, like going back to that faith, I realized faith was the only way I could fill that. And, and growing in that because I realized faith was like the opposite of fear. And then I started to realize a lot of our fears and worries are liars. I think it was Mark Twain, most, like when he was like 80 or something, like most of the things that we worry about never really happen. Yeah. And most of the things I worried about never really happened. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. It's funny. You talk about therapy and how your first therapist says, says you were fine. You know, I, I'm a very pro therapy kind of guy. I've, I've been involved with therapy. My, my wife has a psychology degree, so sometimes it feels like I have a, a live-in therapist, which is good and bad. But, you know, one of the things I learned when I was going through therapy was don't give the answers that you want people to hear. And like, it, it took a lot, especially we talked about the toxic masculinity, the I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm a big, yeah. strong guy, breaking down that walls and really moving through it. And, you know, even when we talked before about you tell your clients, find your why, find why you're doing this and, and let that kind of guide you. I, I think it's important. And I think more men need to hear from all sorts of men that it's okay. Like I'm not, I'm not flirting with you, Justin, but like, you're like a, a good looking dude. You're in great shape. You're successful. You know, like you're, you're, a- see, that was toxic, man. You should be like, dude, you're a good looking dude. And not be all like weird about it. Why can't we tell another man I love him and yeah. give him a hug and not be all like, Oh, that's gay. Like, Oh, that's no, like, not about it, being gay. It's just because yeah. I'm loyal to my wife. Don't get any ideas, <laughs> mister. No, I, I, I feel like I fully believe Rob and I are very like, man, your hair looks great today. Thank you. Like stuff like that is, is cool. <laughs> but like going back to what I was saying, like, you're, you're in a lot of ways to the man's man, you're like checking off these boxes, but I think it's important that we, we need to reevaluate what, what a real, a real man should be somebody that can break down and can tell how they're feeling, why they're feeling a certain way. It, I like what you said about, you know, living to a point where, you know, the things that I worried about, I don't have to worry about anymore or like never really happened. I know you just quoted Mark Twain. So I just, yeah, it really yeah. stuck with me on that one. Yeah. And like, I know I talked about like the crime, but like, it means like a man should be present for his wife and be there and listen to her and like, take care of her. Like a man should be there for his kids. A man can still eat red meat, hunt deer, lift heavy weights and do man stuff and chop wood and whatever else. But like, I think the emotional part is what we're missing out on in the connection. Like if we're so, I hear it constantly from my female constant clients constantly, like, about their husband because my place has become a place of therapy inventing you know when you're in the gym throwing weights around you want to look for some regression points and they find it there but long story short it's like i hear a lot about men who just women are always wondering why their men are so emotionally detached and don't understand them or don't get them and yeah we may never ever get them but we can come close if we have some more emotional attachment and understand like if we sit there and listen like if we are vulnerable and we admit to our mistakes for example like i I've, I've screwed up and I've gone to my wife and it's like, Hey, I'm messed up. I wasn't understanding of your feelings or, or what your needs were in that moment. What can I do better next time? Yeah. And she'll tell me, and guess what? I'll do better next yep. time. Right. And then guess what? I avoid getting in that fight for whatever that was <laughs> like, this could make your life infinitely better if you go towards these things and just admit, but like we, as men don't want to admit where we fall short or where we make mistakes or our wrongdoings. We want to, especially in those, I think, I mean, I, I think that's, that's what I see. Yeah. That's what I grew up around. And I, you know, whether it's ego or insecurity, I think 
you know, I think it takes a real man to do those things and, and, and be that person. And then we'll know that, you know, we can listen to our wife and then we'll know that, oh man, she's, she really just needs a day of the spa. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to book a three hour appointment in my life for the spa. Cause she just needs that right now. Yeah. Instead of man, she's just being a bitch because she's, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. she needs to that, get over so, it. <laughs> Because that's a common yeah. response. Yeah. So yeah, what ad- like what advice would you give to the guys that are, are listening to this who are just sort of at that first stage of like, I don't know what to do, but I know I need to do something that are just stuck at like, I don't know how to express my feelings. I don't know how to reach out. You know, what advice can you give them to as some of those initial steps? Well, some people could be like, this guy is weird. I'm like, why is he saying this? Like, <laughs> but like, for the, if you're at least curious, I would just say like, man that's a great question what do you want to do first I, like i would start with maybe if, if it's a very hard subject for you start i would like honestly like if you're a prayer pray about it but like find a room grab a notebook whatever and and start writing about things that upset you piss you off mm-hmm. hurt you again i'm no psychologist but i hope this is good advice because this is what i would do and like have some emotion around it like I mean, raise your hand, guys. Like, if you haven't felt better after like a good cry, like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, like, it feels good because yeah. it should. It's like it's a tension releaser, and so I, I, if you need to seek therapy, that's cool too. I know that's hard for a lot of people. I look at a therapist. There's a I think sometimes it with men at least like there's like all oh, that stuff women do, that stuff weak people do. But look at it as like a life coach. Like mm-hmm. get a life coach or something. Like I am a life coach for that reason. Like that's the, like we all need coaches. Like you had coaches growing up in sports. We can't do life alone. Nobody can do life alone. Heck you guys are doing a podcast together. Yeah. Cause you know, the two of you make a better podcast than just one of you guys. Yeah. And like, you guys are a team, you have different offerings. We all need people in our life. Like we've gotten so far from like, you know, you look at like indigenous people, of this world, they have that tribal mentality. And like one of the things that they don't have is mental health issues. Everybody takes care of the babies. Everybody takes care of each other. Everybody looks out for each other. We just don't have that in this Western culture. It's like we're all competing against each other. But like we need to find people in our lives that like support us, cheer us on, love us, hug us, and not worried about like, oh, they're making more money than me. Like the Kardashian crap. Like, like we should just be supportive of everybody succeeding and like being able to offer tips. That's why I meet with a group of men like me on Saturday mornings so we can help each other out and share, mm-hmm. share our wins and our losses. We cheer each other on and we're also giving helpful advice for the stuff we screwed up on, whether it be in relationships or work. So I think if anything, if you can find a group, if, if you're not ready for that, find a therapist and you're not ready for that, sit with your, your thoughts in a pad and a paper, man, and just write it down and just be okay. And then I would, if you still are struggling, buy my book. Oh yeah. Purpose through pain, finding limitless potential in the presence of adversity. I know you can definitely find it on Amazon. Is is that is that the the best place to buy? That's the best. And if you don't know how to find it on Amazon, it's on my website, justinarnold.com with an en. We're working on getting it in like stores like Barnes and Nobles. We're working on getting hardcover. We just made it possible to become international, so it's opened up the the global world for like global for publishers in other countries to publish it and translate it. So it's, it's slowly growing and yeah. And if you do give me a five-star review, no, but like <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 we're getting great feedback. Like even some surprising, like I've had unexpected people like telling me how it's changed their life already. We're talking like, like I've had like 
people that you would think like multimillionaires oh, yeah. and billionaires that have contacted me that have like outside looking in, like in this world, Oh, they got all their stuff. They got everything going for right, them. Their right. life is great. And their life is really good, but maybe they were like, what we talked about earlier, there were some things out of whack. And I yeah. had one of these guys specifically reach out to me and somebody's like, man, you seem like you got a, like everything in balance. Like you've got it all worked out. And I told him, I don't know if we're all just living this life and doing yeah. the best job we can. But I'll tell you what, I, I know what's important to me and I don't, I don't neglect on my morals or my standards or the things that really matter to me. And I'm disciplined on that thing. And at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, like my faith and my family, they matter more to me than anything else. So like, I'm not going to like lose track yeah. of that. And I'm going to dedicate time to those things. Cause I know those are the things that make their lives better, make my life better. I uh, can, and then obviously can make other people's lives better. That domino effect. I got to ask, cause I've seen it flashed a few times, uh, your tattoo. Uh, well, you've got mul- <laughs> multiple tattoos, but uh, like, I'm not going to take my uh, pants uh, off. But hold on <laughs> I got shorts on. I'm, I just, the reason why I'm doing this is I just got color on one yesterday on my leg. So oh, I got a video. Yeah. He, I got to uh, say, okay, Justin well, is a you guys. canvas here. That's so awesome. that's exactly the thing. Like I, I never thought I would get tattoos and I always said they, they got to be away for the rest of my life. And I always wanted them to tell a story. Yeah. I could see so, that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I and see. Like, is that, too I, bad it's like a Zoom call. Maybe I should make like some kind of posting <laughs> and explain them one day. I uh, see you've got Isaiah on your right arm. Is that? Isaiah 11.6. This is not my favorite verse, okay. but one of my favorite. But if anything, it represents like the perfect world. And okay. if you got, it just says, in that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion and the little child will lead them all. One of my favorites. Just because like, man, that's uh, like if we could just all get along. Basically. Yeah. But that flows into that might be like the perfect world into like my perfect life and the things that matter. So this is actually like taken from a picture from the Adirondack Mountains at one of the hikes we went on. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, there's a leopard here and then it, this flows into and it's like it's coming out of my skin. You can Google it. But like when you look up like like representative meetings like of leopard and then wolf, I've got a wolf face right here on my pack, like embracing nature and 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 the things that they represent basically like is why they're on there. And then, yeah, and then this one. This one I got before this one. It's basically a so, dragon that comes over here. This is on his left yeah, arm. <laughs> He's going to take his shirt off. Oh, All right. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Guys, I'm get too excited. Ah, <laughs> <lost> my headphone. <laughs> anyway, so like, yeah, you can kind of see. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, he's got so a he's got a wolf on his right peck there. I see that, and then like on the left, out of my skin. on the left, he's got a dragon. dragon. So this, and like here it says, "Let go, let God." That's something I say pretty regularly. Like when life hits a fan, and like literally, we realize we can control very minimal in our life, mm-hmm. but there is a sense of just like release and just like comfort when you like, you know what? I'm gonna let God take care of that. And nine times out of ten, He either does or he gives you a pathway to. People just like kind of let go of like controlling. We can barely control. Like the only thing I realize we can control is our thoughts. Honestly, sometimes yeah. we kind of control our body. We'll get a weird spasm. We have a pain. Right. We don't know. But yeah, it's very like I guess stoic or whatever. But it's just like it's easier if you start to realize, like let go, control what you can, sit with your thoughts. I've mm-hmm. talked about it a lot. But anyway, so it says let go, let God. So this dragon is to represent like all the hells in life, all the pain, all the trauma, all the all the shit, you know. <laughs> but like. And like, so, but he, but like, I know that like, even if it feels like you're intertwined and wrapped around it, like I can get through anything as long as I have my faith 
and through faith i can always find peace which is like the ocean waves and like because i love ocean nature surfing that kind of stuff and some of the things that help me again outside of god i got a kettlebell so just the fitness things <laughs> there's other things in there too and then this like they said the wolf and the leopard and the one on my leg that i'm getting started this is kind of a representation of my book wow so there's a spider monkey there because somebody told me so many told me i've been told so many times i move like a spider monkey <laughs> uh, and that's a japanese tiger and you can't really see in it but i had my artist put little imperfections in the monkey and the tiger to represent that we can we're all imperfect we're all broken so there's like breaks and cracks in each of them we're all broken we're all of imperfections but we can also be masterpieces even in our imperfections yeah, yeah. and so that's kind of the re representation of that and and so and and it's just like we're all on our own story we're all telling our own story and i'll probably put a quote here from my book mm -hmm. but like it's not finished yet but it's there's also mountains there too but there's going to be like storms rolling in and sunshine back to what we talked yeah. about here like even though the storms we can still enjoy life in fact I, I joked around with one of my friends who's like a publicist and i was like i was like man i've I, like if i read another book you know i was like I, I just need to tell people like even though the shit storms we can still enjoy life she's like that should be the title of your next book <laughs> so maybe I'll, because like i i like that's it like life is not easy it never will be but it doesn't mean it can't be enjoyed. And I get that from the, I got that message from the Bible. I can't really take credit from like, that's what the Bible talks about over and over again. Like all through all this crap, mm -hmm. they were still enjoying life and they were able to, because they're always searching for something higher and always finding a purpose through helping and serving and others. And like, like, you know, take Christianity, take organized religion aside. Like right. who doesn't, who can't agree that like helping oh, yeah. people is a good thing. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're actually we're running low on time. So sorry. No, no, no please. please. We, I, like, we could talk for hours with you. I, we've, I've loved this. Yeah, um, but uh, we want to first and foremost thank Justin. He sent us a copy of, of his book. It's been a great read. We're gonna have a review for it on both our Instagram and hopefully our website within the next week or so. Question? Definitely on the Instagram. That one's yeah. a lot easier. Oh, yeah. But uh, for me, I like to really put a lot of thought in, and you'll also find links to his website and his. Uh, book and the interview when it goes live all on one place that's the misfitfaction.com and uh, justin arnold with an en.com yes and you want to plug your uh business too sure yeah flex mp with two x's flexibility and performance and that's what we specialize we work with all kinds of people but predominantly work with a lot of people that are coming from pain that we all talked about has its physical and mental attributes and we're just trying to get people to live a better healthier life we talk about on especially on my youtube we just want people to move better and ultimately feel better and ultimately live better whatever that looks like and we do everything from nutrition to life coaching yeah. to movement and like hey if your goals are to lose weight we're gonna help you move better and if you move better and you're eating better guess what you're gonna end up losing that weight but we don't put it on that we put it on why you're doing this in the first place that's so, wonderful there that's you awesome. go. Yeah. well justin thank you so much for taking some time out to chat with us we definitely want to have you back on the show after yeah. maybe after we've read, the, yeah. we've read the book and really have a uh, solid thoughts and, uh, for you and hopefully we'll yeah. be uh, as you sort of hinted at hopefully we'll be seeing a, a second book from you maybe sometime in the future <laughs> yeah maybe it was a fun process I, i'm definitely opening the idea because uh, as you read my book i never thought i would write one no. and here we are now i'm thinking about if I write one, you know, yeah. right? It's like, that's awesome. Well, thank so. you, Justin, so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure, yeah, Justin. Appreciate it. Take care, Take man. Care. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Man, he's just a cool dude. Oh, I want to hang out with him for like wanna, ever. Like, he's just, <laughs> it, it's funny because obviously we are just a, an audio podcast for now, question mark. <laughs> but like, he, he really is like, 
the the like the man's man like just yeah. and just such a well-rounded guy somebody who came from such a terrible trauma I, yeah. to really build something so incredible I really admire his 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 lifestyle and and his choices and and his balance especially I think more than anything that that he is able to balance his his family and, and his business and his 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 faith and everything it's it's he, he's definitely a model for many of us so I, I love that yeah well thank you guys for listening I hope you guys enjoyed it make sure you do check out his his uh, website justinarnold.com check out his book Purpose Through Pain I know Rob Rob was looking on Amazon had him over <laughs> I recording just, I wanted to make sure that everyone can get it on Amazon and they clear it, definitely can I know you can also download a, a sample from his book if you want to get a taste from it through Amazon it'll give you like the first like I, th- I think it was like the first 15 or 20 pages or that's so that's awesome so, yeah. so that's gonna wrap us up for today as always on Paul and I'm Rob and we'll be back next time